Hello, Vector Podcast is here. Uh, we again continuing to roll in this uh, season two of this uh, podcast. And uh, today I have a, a very interesting guest, Yaniv Vaknin, who is the director of product at Searchium. If you've read my blog post on uh, not all vector databases are made equal, one of the vector databases or like technologies st stood out. And it's uh, a technology um, made by a GSI technology company. And um, it's implementing a hardware for vector search. It's very rare that this thing exists or this approach exists on the market today. And I'm super excited to talk to Yaniv. Uh, how are you, Yaniv? Hey. Great. Uh, thanks for having me, Dimitri. Yeah, I'm really glad you joined and found time in your busy schedule. So uh, can you first explain how Searchum and GSI are related? And maybe at the same time, if you could traditionally introduce yourself and, and talk about your background and how you got here. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I will start with a quick introduction. So uh, I'm director of product at uh, Searchium AI. Searchium AI is a SaaS platform for ML search uh, application. Uh, based on purpose-built AI chip uh, for search applications. Uh, prior to this role, I've worked at AWS as a machine learning specialist, where I've worked with a broad spectrum of uh, top-tier top tech uh, companies, um, trying to help them in their machine learning domain. And I was super excited from the revolution of uh, the, like the fifth revolution, the AI revolution, with cool stuff of uh, NLP, search, unstructured data, structured data. Uh, I've worked with various companies, cyber, fintech, um, e-commerce, uh, etc. Um, I was a co-founder and CEO of uh, Deepsea AI, uh, which was the first computer vision-based system for uh, open water drowning detection. So we are the SaaS solution of uh, GSI. GSI acquired uh, an Israeli startup a few years ago. Um, the founder is Dr. Avidan Akrib, uh, which is one of the smartest guys that I ever met. And... During his PhD, he invented a new concept. So traditionally, um, CPU is communicating with the memory, and then you have like challenges of uh, bottleneck, I/O, etc. But when he built the new concept, he built a memory that is the processor. So all of the computation is happening inside the memory. You can guess that when you are running. Um, heavy or intensive uh, intensive memory applications, if it, all of the processing is happening inside the memory, you can get a single digit millisecond uh, latency. Um, yeah, so GSI acquired uh, the, the Israeli startup and we are based uh, in Israel. Uh, we have uh, an R&D team of uh, approximately 40 to 50 people. Um, in order to scale it, we started Searchium AI because, you know, it's super hard to scale hardware. So today we are offering uh, this unique hardware uh, on the cloud. Um, it can be AWS, GCP, or any other cloud, and um, customers can consume it as a SaaS platform. 
Yeah, makes sense. So, but but there is still an option to um, if if I want to have a completely on-premise sort of like setup, right? In principle, I could have bought like the APU uh, cards, APU being associative processing unit cards, and like install them similar to what I would do with GPU. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So there are two types of uh, implementation. The first one is uh, on-prem, and the second is uh, via the cloud. Um, there, there are various configurations, and uh, in terms of uh, if, uh, for instance, customers that would like to consume it as a, as an on-prem uh, solution, uh, there are various uh, capabilities, and uh, one of the major um, uh, things about uh, this uh, hardware accelerator is the power consumption. So comparing it to CPU or GPU, it is like can be five percent or ten percent of the power consumption. So companies that are running um, heavy workloads of GPU and CPU, um, you know, the total cost of ownership for them is the power consumption and, and other factors. So on-prem customers can uh, reduce the infrastructure cost in terms of the total cost of ownership, uh, power consumption, uh, etc. Yeah, this is really cool. And I think it's not very frequently that we mention power consumption as one of the dimensions on this podcast. I mean, I think it's it's uh, crucial, of course, for the planet and also for the electricity bill. Nowadays, electricity cost is skyrocketing, you know, and I think yeah, it's quite yeah. important. Yeah. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just kind of alluding to this fact that um, it's it's very um, it, like you should not uh, skip it in 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 kind of assessing a system or like a vector search solution, right? Uh, not only yeah. focusing entirely on uh, on uh, on 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 the offering itself, like you should still worry about how it will um, scale in different dimensions. I'm glad you guys also worry about the the power consumption part. Yeah. Yeah, low carbon footprint is a major issue right now and especially in Europe. Um, usually developers, when they are launching the um, AWS instances, so they choose uh, by parameters of, uh, you know, virtual CPU, RAM, etc., and they are not aware of the, the carbon footprint, but when you are running it, uh, uh, on-prem, this is a major parameters, and this is a, a key parameter to you know taking a decision: what is the right uh, platform or what is the right hardware for uh, for you? Yeah, so totally agree. But you know, I I believe and and I agree with you. We should take it into consideration, and I assume for cloud providers to integrate the um, cloud providers like uh, AWS, GCP, Azure. Uh, this can be, um, you know, critical for them, and we are in conversation with uh, some of the, the companies of some of the cloud providers that I mentioned. Yeah, this sounds great. Um, if we move a little bit closer to to the algorithm side, um, so this is a kind of like dedicated hardware, and as far as I understood, uh, also based on our Berlin Buzzwords presentation. Um, this hardware can support not only vector search, but some other scenarios, right? Um, like for image processing related tasks. Um, so is there any um, kind of like constraint on what, what type of vector search algorithm you can implement? Or is it is it 
doesn't have it doesn't have any constraint yeah yeah so i think that the biggest challenge today is when you are developing hardware you can develop like a state of the art hardware but i think the major challenge is how do you integrate it with the with the community uh, nvidia have done it uh, um, very good with the CUDA and it should be part of the ecosystem. So in terms of applications, yeah, we have like a, another application for image processing. It is based on um, satellite, satellite images and radar images, and we can process it like uh, uh, faster in a few orders of magnitude comparing to G NVIDIA GPU. Uh, we have in in the past we had a few other applications for uh, genome and uh, molecules. And today we are would like to you know to focus on on the biggest uh, challenges. Like I believe that you know searches and, and you know we can elaborate about it later on. Uh, search is still broken, and this is a huge market. And uh, so our focus right now is on the search. Uh, we would like to expand it to other uh, solutions as well, like image processing, and we already have a solution uh, and uh, a customer for this uh, solution. And uh, one of our efforts is uh, to build an ecosystem around this. So uh, hopefully soon we will launch our uh, Python compiler. So developers can write their code on, on Python and then uh, you know, run it uh, seamlessly on, on our APU without, you know, trying to learn a new framework or a new language. Um, so this is another direction that we are working. We are trying, I think one of the biggest challenges today is, you know, to simplifying the uh, technological stack for developers. So they are working with the common frameworks or languages. They don't want to learn it. Usually they, they would like, you know, to stay with the, with the languages that they are familiar and, you know, the uh, learning curve is not always, uh, uh, they don't always have time for, you know, to learn a new framework. So we are trying to simplify the, the integration with their current stack. Um, one of our solution is is a plugin on top of Elastic and and OpenSearch, and which they are offering a vector search today. But and we can talk about it. But uh, so we have a plugin on top of these uh, uh, search applications because some of some of the customers would like you know to stay with their current Elastic or OpenSearch. So we have built a plugin on top of it, and we are. Um, we are talking with uh, search engines and vector database in order to implement uh, our solution uh, with their solution. And I think in terms of like the the landscape, so we are we are not perceived uh, uh, vector search engines and vector databases as, as competitors. Uh, my perception is that they are uh, potential. They are partners and better together and you know, to give a greater value for their customers, reducing the infrastructure cost and give a lower latency with the same, uh, without sacrificing uh, accuracy. So yeah, we are, you know, trying to be part of the ecosystem and, you know, to help them and to help customers scale their and improve their scale, uh, their search uh, applications. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. You touched on... Uh 
you not being like a competitor to vector databases, I think it's, it's interesting topic in general. Uh, because on one hand, if you take all vector database players, they kind of like look at each other as competitors probably, but at the same time, as um, all of you players are sharing the, you know, the, the approach, the documentation, the, the, how you think about yourself, I think it also helps cumulatively to, to the whole market. But I wasn't also wanted to drill in a bit into this Elasticsearch and OpenSearch plugin. So essentially like what Elasticsearch team has been doing recently, and I think they released now some updates in version 8.5 where you can you can do things like hybrid search right but this is all based on um on the um ann implementation on top of lucene so it's all inside java so it kind of runs in the same gvm right um the approach that you you guys have implemented it's basically like a um a vector search backend, right? Which kind of runs somewhere else. Let's say if we're using the cloud uh, offering, uh, but at the same time, it feels like a sort of like native to Elasticsearch. So I don't need to do much, right? I just need to install the plugin. Of course, I need to have credentials. Um, and what I wanted to say is that it feels like you expand the capabilities of Elasticsearch beyond what what it offers in a way that you can actually remove the load of vector search away from it to to another backend right can you talk a bit more on on the unit cost on on this kind of unit economy and 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 sort of advantages of the approach that that you have uh, implemented yeah. yeah this is a great point actually so but we are trying to decouple storage and compute so let's say, for instance, a customer with Elastic or OpenSearch, and they they are having like tens of clusters, and they would like you know to scale it and to optimize it. So we are running on top of of Elastic, and you can our solution is kind of the compute for Elastic. So uh, they can run and scale and reduce the infrastructure cost because you know all of this is is a is a question of how many machines do you run. Okay, so you can get like 99.9 uh, recall at 10 or accuracy, and you can get like single digit millisecond latency. But in terms of uh, the infrastructure cost, so you know, one of the biggest challenges today for enterprises is the, uh, um, the low margins due to heavy infrastructure applications. So if you are running GPU on the cloud, or like heavy machines with uh, uh, big machines with uh, high memory. It's great in terms of the business because it's great in terms of uh, the dev team, in terms of uh, we are getting great performance, high recall. But again, when you're moving and you're discussing on, on the business side, so in terms of the uh, the margins and uh, and the profit of the companies and and today it's a big issue you know with companies that are um, having the challenge of being uh, uh, profitable. So we are trying and we had uh, like a few benchmarks. We are trying to reduce the infrastructure cost. So instead of ten machines, it can be two machines and uh, and our uh, accelerator, our APU. And with that, you can, you know, scale it. And, you know, one one other interesting thing is like uh, uh, many companies are talking about the scale challenge, about the 1 billion scale challenge. 
So, uh, and you know, data is, is exploding, right? Because, uh, you know, today uh, there are 80 zettabytes and uh, 10 years ago, it was like 16. So essentially like data is growing very fast. And I assume that in the next couple of years, it will grow exponentially. And 90% of this data, uh, the data that is created every year is unstructured. So, you know, this is the cliche of finding a needle in a haystack. So in terms of, and I assume more and more companies will face the scale challenge, like above 1 billion. And I know that this is a challenge for um, some of the search engine companies, you know, scaling to hundreds of millions and billions. And I had a conversation with uh, one of the biggest e-commerce in, in Asia. And he told me, yeah, our, our, our challenge is uh, to scale. They have like 2 billion uh, index. And uh, uh, again, the infrastructure cost is a major issue. I, I've read a post by uh, Amazon's CFO and uh, like a week ago. And their focus right now is reducing the uh, infrastructure cost for their customers and any solution that can reduce the infrastructure cost for uh, enterprises i think it's a major issue for uh, not only uh, r&d teams but uh, business and uh, decision makers in enterprises yeah well i i will uh, i will pull for that link so we can also include it in the in the show notes, some of our listeners, by the way, find it quite educational to have all these additional links and study materials. And I think we can also include that. That's super, super cool. Um, so in, in a way, like your challenge is that you basically need to, um, as you said, there are low margins, right? Uh, for these bigger players, uh, everyone tries to stay uh, profitable. So in a way, your challenge is to uh, not only fit into that, narrow kind of window but also be profitable yourself right so like you like provide that acceleration uh what, what do you think uh where, where do you stand today on that uh, do you think there is a lot still to do or do you think it's already something that companies can try yeah so um today we have like the the first generation of our uh, uh ai chip the apu the potential of improving our the hardware and uh, our uh, bill of material of our hardware. And uh, generally speaking, next year we will launch our uh, second generation. So for instance, if today we can, you know, in terms of performance, we are talking about single or double digit millisecond latency with one APU. Um, next year we will launch our second generation. It will be um, more than 10x faster. So I think we are just, scratching the tip of the iceberg. So the I think that the hardware challenge is solved, but you know, every week we have like a new uh, implementation and uh, um, improving our performance on the software layer. So we have a few layers. We have the, the hardware layer. So I, I spoke about it, like the, the first generation and the second generation. I believe that there, there's a huge potential in terms of optimizing our software. Uh, layer because it is we, we are trying to reinvent search so i think there's a huge potential on on the hardware side but uh, i think we are just 
we are just we didn't even start to to optimize our software performance uh recently we found a new implementation to uh, improve the latency by uh, reduce the latency by 40 percent like it was two weeks ago so um, hopefully we will launch it to production in the upcoming uh, in the next up, um, upcoming uh, weeks um so and in terms of your question uh, yeah i think we are just at the beginning um I, I believe that we can optimize both on the on the hardware and the software layer and hopefully uh, it will be very profitable yeah sounds great i mean in general um it was since i i have a, had exposure to it um as we implemented the uh image search demo it it was quite interesting how you know how easy it was to to set it up right so it like and and you don't need to worry about that hardware thing yeah it acts a little bit like a black box but on the other hand it's very scalable so um and you guys also have i will make sure to link this you also published um the um is it called neural hashing algorithm right which you which you use one of the algorithms that you have implemented uh, it would also be cool to drill in into that direction but i mean in general it was fairly straightforward how you know how we upload the data how it gets indexed um and then how we can query um yeah um i was just thinking um to take it a little bit deeper uh, can you talk to some of the features you know many of the vector database players they say why do you need vector databases because first of all if you took FICE, for example or a similar framework you wouldn't have the filter support right and of course in in real application, like search app, you do need filters alongside the the whatever retriever you implement, right? Keyword or um, vector. So can you talk a bit more about features and maybe also touch on the algorithms that you guys have implemented? Yeah. Yeah, so there, there are various types of, uh, of features and implementations. We are working with, uh, you know, the common... Uh, 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 algorithms. Uh, it can be either flat search for applications, like it can be a face recognition where you need to uh, search any every record. Uh, we have implementations of uh, ANN, uh, IVF, and a uh, new implementation of HNSW on our APU. Um, pre-filter and other uh, features. Uh, one of one of our uh, one of the areas that we would like to focus is, as you mentioned, is uh, is to simplify. So we can, you know, you can work with it as a as a black box and install the plugin, and work with your uh, with your technological stack and with your search application either uh, elastic open search or a vector search engine or vector database um pre filter as you mentioned is supported and uh, i i think that we should focus on, on simplifying this is our biggest challenge simplifying the work with our platform and creating more integrations and more connectors not not on the feature level but in terms of you know working with the the ecosystem this is this is our main uh, focus right now. And again, improving the performance because we are you know, customer obsessed and 
we would like our customers to get the the, the lowest uh, infrastructure cost and uh, with without sacrificing uh, latency and um, <coughs> sorry and the accuracy recall yeah that makes sense and especially like to do this at scale right i know that some of the players they say that um it's very rare that there are clients with more than a few dozens of millions of items right but today you already mentioned that there are clients uh which have um you know more than uh, a billion items maybe more than two billion items so do you think that going forward you will see more of this uh, second you know type of uh, players with more data or do you think that there is still a use for uh dedicated hardware um for this kind of smaller scale players yeah yeah absolutely i agree with you i think that in terms of the the scale challenge we are we, we are working with with customers and some of them yeah as you mentioned like tens of millions but Moving forward, I think most of the enterprises and uh, big companies will move forward and they will scale to 1 billion, 10 billion, and maybe even more. Um, in terms of like uh, the ecosystem, so my uh, two cents is that uh, companies are still in the concept of keyword search. For some applications, uh, TFIDF, uh, BM25, for some for some application, it's a good solution, and you know you don't need uh, an hammer for a, a, a screwdriver problem, right? So for some use cases, keyword search is a good fit, and this is you know part of the concept of hybrid search. Um, so I think we are still we're we're at the beginning of the the vector search, if I may call it the vector search revolution. When you, you know where you can have the x to vec concept, like any unstructured data. We were usually we are talking about text, but there are broad areas that we could you know develop some cool stuff for. As I mentioned, the genome uh audio video search we have a notebook with uh, in our website notebook uh, with uh, video search and again the, the the there's a broad spectrum of applications that companies um, can develop some cool stuff cool stuff and we are you know excited to see brilliant ideas and startups that are developing applications on top of of these um, vector search uh, applications yeah you touched on that topic by the way which uh, i also spoke to um to some extent on the um, haystack uh, conference in berlin where i gave a keynote i'll also make sure to give the link um Doug Turnbull said that let's stop calling it vector search because <laughs> and I don't know how how I I really interested to really interested to hear your thoughts on that um because in principle you you and I being product managers like if we think about some problem to solve right let's say we want to introduce I don't know question answering component in our search engines it's not like we would probably if we didn't know that we probably wouldn't say oh I know how to solve it it's vector search <laughs> and so instead he was saying you know let's call it relevance application right or relevance um, oriented application um what's your broad take on this um, 
you touched on this as well, like uh, people are not yet aware of this revolution. It's probably already happening, but people don't know what to do with it, right? And I just yesterday saw a tweet from one user saying, can you actually explain wh what can I do with it, right? So do you think that the world is still, uh, let's say the world of software development is still awakening to, to, to this um, new field? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I fully agree with you. Um, essentially, when I'm talking with developers and I'm saying uh, we are, I'm talking again. Yeah, we are working on vector search. They are like asking vector what, and uh, I think that most of the developers and this is one of our challenges is to democ democratize AI and machine learning. So, in terms of technology, my perspective and is that technology is an enabler. If the best solution is vector search, great. It can, you know, outperform on, on various applications, but the technology on a product perspective, so uh, you are trying to create value. I think that uh, uh, the first lesson of a product is to create value for your customer. That's it. Simple as that. And what is the technology and what is under the hood and what is inside the black box? It, really doesn't matter. And uh, so in terms of, of technology, yeah, there, there's, you know, and uh, we are like, it's a crazy time for developers in terms of the AI machine learning revolution, stable diffusion, generative, uh, generative uh, AI. And I've heard about that uh, they are going open AI, um, planning to launch the new GPT-4. And the pace of innovation is, is is totally crazy. So and it's really hard to keep it uh, to keep it simple to simplify it when when people are asking you you know there's the grandmother test for startup say it in in plain English explain your idea in a plain English and it's super challenging you know to simplify it. So when when you know when developers or companies asking what is vector search I'm using the the uh, the example of, you know, transforming uh, uh, words in, in the case of text to to numbers. It, it's easy for us to compare numbers, right? We know that three is is close or is similar to four, right? But what is the connection between uh, king and queen? Okay, so how do you represent it as a number? So if you if you are trying, and again, I'm trying to super simplify it. If you are trying to build an equation, what is the uh, uh, the connection between a king and queen? So you can say king uh, plus uh, man minus woman equals to queen. So you are you are trying to represent it as numbers. So this is the the concept of vector. You you are representing uh, unstructured data, and it can be you know with image, image embeddings, etc. And then I think like, you know, most of the tech companies today, their core technology is search. Okay, let's take if you are looking for a movie, it's it's Netflix. If you are would like, you know, to hear something uh, cool or your podcast, so you are running a query on Spotify, Vector Podcast, and you will get uh, Dimitri's podcast. You would like to buy a dress, or and you you are trying to do it very simple. You don't you, usually more more of the let's take for instance e-commerce, e right? 
So most of the consumers don't have the time and the patient to run, um, you know, SQL queries, you know, filter this, filter that. They would like to write it in a simple English or, or in a different language. Okay. Yeah. So let's take for an example, a girl in Asia, she would like to purchase a, a red and white short sleeve dress. Up until the, the vector search revolution, she didn't have the option to do it. So usually she will get like a similar result. It will not always be uh, uh, red and white with short sleeve dress. And, and what about the challenge of the language? Okay, so if her English is not so great and she would like to purchase something uh, on Amazon, eBay, or any other uh, e-commerce. So the challenge of language. So essentially vector search is breaking the barrier of the language and the, 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 the barrier of understanding what is your, uh, what is your question or what is your query? So I, I think that in terms of, you know, and there's a broad discussion about it, democratizing AI, what is the added value of AI? So, you know, you have like autonomous cars and it, this is great, but you know, breaking barriers the the language barrier with uh, the multilingual model and uh, and some other cool stuff this is this is i think something that is doing really good for um, the ecosystem and for consumer and uh, people that you know they have like a, a barrier of a language so this is a great example what is the added value of vector search yeah, I agree. I mean, all of the examples that you brought up, um, you know, if you um, if you look at uh, how you would tackle, I don't know, like red short sleep dress with a more traditional approach, I guess you will need to build some kind of um, question, uh, query understanding system. But even then, like even if after you've built it, let's say you you will run um, filters on your data, right? But that that also means you do need to have the filters. But but if you don't have them, if you don't have the values in those uh, fields in your documents, right? So what if you only have like and and this is by the way not very unusual. Like um, I used to see, uh, I used to oversee a project uh, in e-commerce space where we we would get data from new providers all the time, right? So one of the issues was to map them back to our uh, ontology, but at the same time they would. Um, they would miss a lot of like um, field values, right? So what would you put there? So they give you some description and then they give you the image or a set of images. So like with with conventional, not conventional, but like more traditional approach of, of, of search, right? Keyword search, you're kind of like stuck, right? What would you do there? And I guess, of course, people do solve it in some way, but instead you could just apply vector search, right? And, and, and even though I say just, uh, there is still some challenge, for example, with model fine tuning um, and things like that. Can you talk a bit more to this, uh, maybe new challenges that this field opens? Of course, it gives us um, opportunities. It gives us advantages. It, it solves some, you know, painstaking issues that we had before. But what do we need to focus on going forward then once we deploy such systems beyond only uh, hardware part, but also like on this algorithm side? Yeah. You know, it, this is this is a great question because it, it resonates with one of your blog posts, uh, recent blog posts where you published uh, Google's research about uh, uh, e-commerce companies 
uh, in the US uh, losing $300 billion uh, due to search abandonment in the US only. And again, this is crazy number because if you have like, um, I would like to buy a green polo shirt and I really want to buy a green polo shirt and the e-commerce got this green polo shirt inside in their uh, in their warehouse or in the inventory and they can't find the match we can't find the match for for this for this challenge this is this is a huge challenge but in, in terms of of uh, and again this is just one one example but uh, you know our mission is is to back uh, to break this barrier for for developers it's not only e-commerce so Expanding it to uh, searching blogs, okay? If you would like to find an anomaly or you would like to understand what is the root cause when you are um, you have like a uh, uh, software um, system logs and you would like to, to understand and to find some anomalies or even FinTech, e-commerce and, and other areas I, I think that there there's some cool stuff um, over there so one one way uh, you know to move forward is um, if you would like to um, to use let's take for instance uh, Siri I would like uh, to buy with your audio right I would like to buy a uh, um, a red and white short sleeve dress below $100. Okay. So it, you can, this is a simple thing for, you know, consumers, but you know, technology wise, this is a huge challenge. So the first challenge is to convert the, uh, to, the audio to text. And today there's, you know, you can convert it uh, directly to vectors. And then you, you can run this query, but again, you, you need to filter because uh, uh, if you want um, um, something that is below 100, so usually it's the, the price uh, field. So I, I think this is the biggest challenge that uh, uh, consumers or people can communicate in a natural way with their computer. Uh, with audio and say it very simple without you know trying to to run a complicated SQL queries, um, etc. So I think this is the like the the, the holy grail of of machine learning uh, to process this query and, and give you like uh, the example. And when you are purchase, when you would like to purchase it on a, on a certain uh, uh, website, it will give you the place order page, and you will get all of the details. You will see the type of the dress and it will give you the, the, the right result and it will be below $100. Uh, $100. And I think this is, uh, this is the way or this is the direction that we, we can move forward with this uh, technology. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so in principle, like, so, so that our listeners, the present and new one will understand is that Vector search really opens doors to new types of data, right? New modalities, as they say. So like previously, it was maybe only text modality. Even if you saw pictures on the on the on the monitor or on your phone as as um you know as a response to your query, it doesn't necessarily mean that that query really 
um, was kind of grasping the best parts of that image, like it would actually understand what, what is in the image. But with vector search, you can also implement that. And for example, using clip model or some other model where you can um, really um, infer meaning from that picture, right? And, and, and what you are saying is that in the future, and maybe this is to some extent happening already, is that we can also cross modalities between voice and text, right? So, like what I'm saying, it 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 can it can represent as a vector, and then uh, find an image or find a video, right? It's like a lot of uh, applications. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah, exactly. And you know, if if you are working with your Instagram and you found like a a nice uh, celeb that is wearing a nice dress and you would like to buy something that is similar. So with image search, you can find like a similar, um, find me the, find me this dress or the most uh, relevant dress to, or the most, the, the closest uh, dress, uh, the closest example of this dress. And yeah, yeah there, there are various uh, options, you know, this is just one example, you know, of how to monetize, uh, Instagram or TikTok where you know consumers can watch their favorite uh, uh, celeb that they, they are following and if they will think something this is great so I want to to purchase it and in terms of monetization and in terms of uh, the added value of, of the customer they take this you take these platforms as a uh, uh, an e-commerce platform okay this is like a fresh concept but th this is ways this is a way for companies to to monetize the platform it's not a social media it can be e-commerce and it can be super simple because uh, you know up until now they they've seen like a nice dress or a nice uh, uh, shirt but they, they cannot do with it uh, they cannot purchase it they, they don't know how to explain to the machine or to the computer uh, what what is the the type of the of the clothing that they, they would like to buy? So yeah, there, there are various options, and yeah, I'm I'm eager to see what are the applications that uh, you know developers and uh, entrepreneurs will uh, develop with this uh, technology. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, one of the apps that you just uh, kind of uh, reminded me of is uh, I think it was James Briggs who built the kind of simple demo. Uh, using the recent model called Whisper from OpenAI. So you can yeah. actually, um, you know, uh, like on YouTube today, how you find things is basically mostly based on titles, I believe. This is what people type. Uh, but then he built a demo where he can land in a precise uh, time code, uh, which contains the answer to your question, you know. That could yeah. be really interesting. Like it, it just this, to think about it, it, it unlocks even more. If, what you said in the beginning, like we have this zettabytes of data and so on, but like we are not able to unlock the the data, right? It's just sitting there, waiting to be <laughs> discovered, so to say. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I I wanted to um, spend a bit of time on on the search uh, topic itself. So. You did mention this search abandonment issue, which is like an e-commerce, but but in general, if we if we think about search field um, on a much larger scale, and I think uh, Daniel Tankilang also said about it that 
when search engine doesn't work, you are blamed. But when it does work, you don't hear anything. It's like people take it for granted. It's kind of like water from the tap, I guess, right? <laughs> if it's the right analogy. So um, what, what do you think of the search field in general? Like, where do you think vector search field fits in? And what's the role of this hybrid approach where you have these keywords versus um, which are more familiar to users versus vector search? So where where, do, where would you take this yourself, right? As a product manager, having unlimited resources, where would you where where would you go? Yeah, um, this is this is an interesting uh, question. Yeah, so I, I think that um, search is still an unsolved problem, and you know, in order to find the right. Uh, object or the right uh, the the most accurate uh, uh, type of data we are still we we have a lot of work uh, to develop this ecosystem and you know to build the multimodals and multilingual and i think that the the big tech companies are doing some great job with this uh, with this stuff like uh, open ai and, and uh, the other folks um, hybrid search is is a uh, is a very interesting concept. I believe that we, for some applications, it can be a good um, uh, a good way to uh, solve their challenges. But I, I think the the one of the most important pillar is that uh, you should uh, and again I've learned it at AWS that there are like the concept. Uh, of mo moving backward from the customer, what is I don't have solution. Uh, if we have a discussion with a customer, we we are asking what is the problem that he would like to solve, and this is like you should be focused. What what is the problem that you would like to solve? Like more than fifty percent of your discussion, and if you don't have a good fit, it's not a good fit. If if you, the the vector search technology is not a good fit, we we would say it to the customer. We we are not trying, you know, to fit into a space that you know keyword search is a, is a great solution so i think it's the focus should be around the, the the problem space so trying to figure out what is their pain point or what is their customer's pain point is it the accuracy for some for some applications we we spoke with the fraud detection company and for their use case like keyword search was a, was a good enough solution Great. So go, go, go ahead. And we, we don't want to disturb you. So I think the focus should be around the, the, the problem and the challenge. And then again, focus on what is the, the challenge that they, they would like to uh, achieve or what is the, what is the potential of the solution? Uh, sometimes, uh, we are talking about uh, recall. Is it the, the most important for parameter for some of the for some of the customers? Uh, Ninety percent is good enough for their use case, but for mission mission critical, it should be mission critical applications. <clears throat> Sorry, it should be ninety nine point ninety nine percent, right? So I think it's 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 a matter to some extent. It's it's a it's an issue of what is the problem and what is the KPI that you would like to achieve. Would you like to optimize the recall? Great, we we would optimize it. If you would like to reduce the infrastructure cost, 
with the same KPI. You have a recall of X and you have a latency of X and it's a good enough. And maybe it can be latency. So for instance, uh, Amazon published a research that every 100 millisecond uh, latency equals to 1% of the revenue. So if the revenue is $1 billion, then 100 millisecond of latency equals to 10 million. This is a huge impact for companies. <clears throat> so I think the, 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 the main question is what is the problem that you would like to solve? What is the pain point? And starting from the customer and then work backwards to find if you have like a good solution and if your solution is a, is a good fit. And again, there, there are various concepts. Keyword search is a great solution. Vector search is a great solution. And hybrid search is a good solution. The, the big, I think the biggest question is what is the, the problem that the customer would like to solve? Yeah, I think you put it really brilliantly because um, it's very easy to get in the minutia of tweaking things like on the software side and saying, I have the best algorithm, right? Or I have the fastest or whatever. But then if you, if you forget that, um, I guess the most important dimension for your customer, maybe it's power consumption that we mentioned previously or something else, right? Uh, but, but also what you said, um, how you can think like the way Amazon did it, right? That they think big, right? They say, okay, of all these dollars we, we, we earned how much actually we wasted on, on, you know, latency and also how much of clients we kind of lost, right? Or, or potential clients, because if, if the um, server doesn't respond soon enough, then, and it's on the average, right? 100 millisecond, maybe for some, it looks like more like closer to a second, including their own internet connection. And they might just give up and say, ha, ah, this is not working today. I will go and check something out. I will forget about what I wanted to buy. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah, this is very interesting. Uh, also, like you, 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 um, you brought up some some topic uh, behind the scenes, like uh, on the role of human in this whole loop. I I, I also want to pick your brain on that. You know, there is one direction in AI saying this is gonna be a whole automatic thing. You don't need to do anything. It will decide for you, which is also, by the way, a little bit uh, worrisome <laughs> if the AI is going to decide for everything. Um, but but even going back to Earth, like where do you see humans will play a role? In some sense, we are slower, right, than machines. In some sense, I think we are still faster, for example, in, in, in creating things. But even there, the machines are tapping into it. But like co connected with MLOps topics, also machine learning operations, and um, connected with uh, bias in data that we collect to train models, or maybe some other dimension that I'm missing that you think human is going to play a role. Can you uh, can you uh, expand a little bit on that? Yeah. So actually, uh, I wrote about it in Medium about the MLOps challenge and uh, and the human in the loop and where what is the place of human in the loop. Essentially, I believe that uh, machine learning is a decision support system. Okay. The I believe that the human as <clears throat> has a huge or a, or important significant role in helping the machine to decide and way a good way to uh, automate uh, processes 
is to use the machine and to, to set the threshold, okay? So for instance, if you were talking about cyber, uh, cyber security challenge, so you can decide that the threshold is below uh, 0.7 is good enough and you, you don't that like the SOC teams will, will check this uh, anomaly. And then again, you are reducing <clears throat> the manpower cost because you are automating and you are sending uh, queries or a stream of data to analysts that they would, you know, fine tune the model and then you can create a learning model, right? So it's a human in the loop. The, the human is giving a feedback to the model and then you can uh, detect uh, data drift. If, if it's not automated, you know, there, there are um, solutions that are good at, you know, data drift, et cetera. But again, <clears throat> my, um, my two cents is that fully automated uh, systems, it, it, we are not ready yet for it. And I believe that in order, and, and then again, we don't like all of the anomalies will be, uh, uh, tested by a human again because you have the uh, false positive uh, fatigue or alert fatigue in uh, in the cyber domain. So I believe that the combination or the hybrid model where you can define a certain threshold and send it to a, a human to run a sanity check. And you know I've worked with many data scientists and the. They always like, you know, to improve the state of the art model and improve the F1 score for uh, from 99 to 99.9. .9. But what is the, the the impact on the business? Is it is it important enough for the business to uh, invest resources in, in this in this uh, in this research or not? Like. Five data scientists are uh, running and testing and optimizing the hyperparameter uh, for months, but what is the business? Uh, what is the impact on the business? So, essentially, I believe that, uh, and and again, it, it it resonates with the search domain. So, I believe that companies that will be smart enough to integrate the human in the loop mechanism, where they can find, you know. Uh, measure KPIs like uh, the clicks on on the on the first result, uh, how many clicks on the first result, or any other KPIs. And then if it's a good uh, model, then great, we should keep it. You know, if it if it's not broken, don't touch it. But if something is not working, the mechanism or something that there's a drift in the data, so we can you know. Uh, research research it again and find what is the root cause and then human will detect it or machine will detect it. So I, I believe that this this is a question of, of layers. So you have like the machine learning layer and then uh, MLOps tools like uh, you can, you know, auto ML and uh, hyperparameter optimization and data drift and model drift and other tools. But uh, we, we, I don't think we are ready yet to, to fully automate it, all, all of the process. And uh, yeah, this is like a, a great question. For instance, uh, autonomous cars, are we ready yet or not? Um, this is, I think this is the, the challenge of uh, the data science ecosystem in the next years. Yeah, I think um, it's also like, um... Um, our psychological readiness to accept these uh, solutions, right? So maybe previously, 
when we didn't have, let's say, elevators, everyone was uh, walking up the stairs and no one really complained. But then uh, when the first elevator arrived, maybe people were like really, you know, looking at it with open eyes and like, what is this? Should I trust it? Will I get entrapped in it or something, you know? Uh, so the same, I think, goes to what you just raised as the, um, you know, self-driving cars. You know, I think it was Elon Musk saying, I don't remember exactly the stats, but something, let's say, one in a thousand, you know, so it, it avoids basically 999, you know, um, uh, cases, bad cases. Uh, so would you trust that or do you need like it to be even bigger number and so on and so forth? Um, so like complete thousand. So it, it's never mistaken. But what about cases where it's hard to decide, right? Like you, you inevitably going to crash the car. Now you need to choose where, like to the human or maybe to, to the I don't know, for, uh, to the uh, tree or something, which hurts uh, the driver and stuff like that, right? So um, this, this, I think the same, the same decisions that we would be making as humans, then algorithms should make. And, and I think what humans uh, or humanity has hard time with is probably accepting the fact that someone else is going to make the decision, <laughs> right? So I yeah, think it's, yeah, it's a revolution. You know, you mentioned the elevator, but, uh, you know, the famous story of uh, Henry Ford with the horses and the cars. Why should we, why should we need the cars, right? So it, it's, a, it's a revolution. Uh, I think that uh, most of uh, the features that we are working on improving the quality of uh, life and uh, people, you know, can automate processes and, and on focus in their, you know, in their family. And uh, instead of doing some complicated task, they can, you know, focus their, their time on innovation or, you know, play football or soccer, whatever they want. And, you know, makes our life easier to some yeah. extent. Yeah. And we believe collectively that vector search is going to help there. Um, I um I really like also to of course ask this more philosophical question. Um, but before that, um, I was thinking, like, what what do you think on the field in general, the vector search and maybe including search and machine learning? What do you, a lot is happening, but what do you think is still missing from your perspective? Something that uh, yeah. maybe we need to fix um, to be more uh, efficient. Yeah, I think it's 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 education, simplifying the the concept of search. I think this is the should be our main focus. So education, generating content, and again, I really like the grandmother test, simplifying, not like uh, super complicated mathematical uh, equations, etc. Trying to simplify it and to explain it to your grandmother. And uh, so I think it's education. We are, you know, the, the ecosystem is trying to generate uh, high quality content, videos, uh, YouTube, uh, blog posts. Uh, we, we are trying to contribute to this effort as well. Uh, I don't think we are doing enough. And, you know, it can be like uh, high school or uh, universities. So, uh, but again, this is, Vector search is, is technology. It's an enabler. It's not the it's not the uh, the objective. It's not the it's not the target. But in order to unlock 
the potential of vector search and machine learning and transformance and all of these cool stuff, we should uh, invest some of our resources in, in education and, and uh, learning and training and, you know, unlock the potential that every developer can, can build a, a vector, a vector search based application. In in every field, like it can be, as I mentioned before, healthcare, fintech, uh, education, uh, and any other domain that manufacturing or any other domain that he would like uh, that he is eager to solve some problem. I think we should, you know, simplify it. Similar to the the revolution of uh, of auto ML. So instead of you know processing and labeling uh, images, et cetera. You have like an auto, auto ML tool or solution and you, are provision, you provision the, the data, labeling it, and then the, under the hood, the, the auto ML model will run the experiments, find the right algorithm, find the, the, uh, the right uh, hyperparameters, optimizing them, you can define what is the uh, what is the KPI that you would like to the optimize uh, if if it's F one score or recall or whatever, and then you will get the model. And if you would like to deep dive, you will get the code. So you know, generating models uh, with low code. Uh, so this is another um, another uh, area that we should focus in, but. Uh, you know, to some extent, I believe that education, training, and generating high-quality content uh, should be um, our uh, focus right now. Yeah, I think you put it really well. And uh, um, I would probably even add to this that, yes, there is content which kind of like promotes someone's solution, right? But at the same time, you really want to educate, like, why should people even care about your solution? So you you need to take a few steps back and explain what are we talking about? You know, what problems exist that you're trying to, that you're targeting, right? So um, I still, if I was asking the same question to myself, I, I still see a lot of content, which is much more promotional than it should be, because in the beginning of this revolution, you still need to explain what is happening. What the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, why? Why? Because the reaction could be also from the incumbent players that they will say, no, this is not, no, this is not where things are going. And they will go, go back to their clients and say the same. But like, you should not position it that way. You should, you should explain, as you said, like start from the problem, right? Start from what is your actual business and product target and i guess this is not something that many engineers asking themselves some of them some of the best that i know do some of the best data scientists do as well they don't code before they understood what is being asked of, of them and i think it's an amazing skill and this is exactly where education also helps like why should also data scientists or engineers um, uh, care about this new new field yeah yeah, this is um, super important, and um, yeah, we sh honestly we should, you know, and I'm saying again internally, we should improve the the quality of the content and not trying, you know, to sell our solution just to to explain 
for a software developer without a background in uh, machine learning uh, and to, to simplify it for him and to explain what is the concept, what is the trade-off between uh, the concept and again, it, to give him the option to understand <clears throat> what is happening and he should decide what is the, the best tool for him. Is it a screwdriver? Is it an hammer? He will understand the bits and bytes, but uh, and the trade-off, and and give him the uh, the full picture about what what are the pros and cons of every solution, and and you know he will take the decision. Yeah, exactly. And I think if we dedicate more, um, some of the players doing doing a really great job there. And I I'm looking forward also to see some blog posts. You already mentioned uh, the notebooks that you guys are publishing on your website and i believe that was search website right and uh yeah. looking forward for more content there that i think now that i learned that you really care about this topic i think it's important uh, to create and share and and maybe educate the educators and give the example so i think this is really great yeah yeah one example the great blog post that one of our software developer wrote is um how to optimize open search uh, uh, workloads. So again, it's not, we have a plugin on top of it, but he wrote about what are the options without, you know, writing about our solution and what are the options, how they can, how customers can optimize it. And um, another interesting uh, blog post that uh, we will publish soon is, uh, you know, benchmarking. One of the things that, we should improve in our ecosystem is to decide on a, on a standard tool that will uh, uh, help us to decide what is the the KPI and the benchmark. There are various uh, benchmark over there. I'm familiar. We are familiar with uh, Rally, uh, the Elastic uh, benchmark. I haven't seen like a good benchmark industry standard in in the vector search. There was the challenge of uh, big ANN uh, one year ago or two years ago. But again, I don't think we have a, a, a good tool today. But so um, one of our developers wrote out to run uh, the benchmark tool. So it was like open search benchmark, uh, how to use this benchmark and what is the <clears throat> uh, bits and bytes and tips, how to understand the, the benchmark tool. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that starting from the education and then offering customers to uh, check your uh, solution. Yeah, sounds great. Um, I think maybe even by the time this podcast is published, we have that uh, new blog as well. Um, hey, Yanif, I, I'm really excited uh, to be chatting to you uh, today. I mean, it's we touched a lot of deep topics. I'm sure we could have gone for longer. Um, but I, I was also um, really curious to ask you this magical why question. You know, the same way as you said, don't think about software, think about the problem that you're solving. The reason I'm asking why, why question is because I, I truly believe if you don't understand why you do things, then you're kind of like flying through things, right? So you might as well regret some sometime later. Maybe you train the muscle, but still. I don't think uh, it's a good, sensible approach in your life. So I'm really interested, given all your experience in, in um, machine learning and product management, software development, why are you excited to work on vector search, search, whatever is it that, that you do day to day? 
Yeah, I think this this is a, a great question. I really like the Y Combinator accelerator approach for building product, uh, build something that uh, customers like or love. And uh, essentially, you know, we are building some, trying to build some cool stuff and make uh, people's life uh, easier, happier. I gave an, the example of the the girl from Asia. So this is this is, I think, one of our mission. But it's not only the girl from Asia that would like to purchase a red short sleeve uh, dress. It's the DevOps that is trying to find the right log, and instead of working it for hours, it will take him seconds. Okay, so. Essentially, our mission, and I'm I'm excited that I'm working on on this topic. Uh, it's to make the the consumers, uh, businesses, and enterprises life easier. And uh, so, I think it's a very simple statement of of the why, and I, I believe that this is this is my mission or this is our mission. And and to some extent, I think that this is like a doing good perspective so you know you have like um gambling uh companies building some stuff and building applications and um uh, my uh, approach is you know building things that will help uh, the humanity so i'm exciting uh, that this is the things that i'm working on and by the way and this was in my previous startup when when we tried to save life right drowning detection huge issue uh, residential pool open water and you know save life and if we can you know save life maybe for health applications uh, uh, detecting cancer with uh, image embeddings or some other cool stuff. I'm super excited that this is the domain that we are working on. Yeah, this is this is very relatable and this fantastic that you're bringing this up. Um, you know how we can actually improve life um, beside building uh, great products or products that sell. Um, this is this is amazing, and. Um, to conclude, is there any announcement that you want to make uh, from the from your side or from Searchum AI side? Yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited because we are building uh, some cool stuff. So the first one, we launch our Searchum AI uh, platform where we offer customers a free tier to check our uh, uh, platform. And again, it's not fully working we are not supporting all of the features but it this is very important it, it is very important for us to get your feedback so i encourage you to check it and to uh, send me an email or send my team an email or in our support give your feedback don't be uh, gentle with us um, we are trying you know to build um, uh, things that developers would like and uh, we are very focused on the customer. So this is the first announcement and um, every feedback is valuable. Next year, we will launch our second generation where we can offer uh, uh, better performance, more than 10x. Uh, we have a few new implementations and 
in terms of performance and hopefully uh, at the beginning of uh, 2023 we will uh, release our python compiler and some other cool stuff so we are working on a few vectors uh, if i may use uh, vectors and uh, yeah on the software on the hardware on the system user experience uh, and uh, the user interface and to simplify it uh, um, yeah so this is the things that we are working right now and uh, we will be happy to be in touch with you sounds great thanks and it looks like uh, your plate is full of really exciting things um so all the best uh to you and your team um i know some of them um yeah it's it's amazing uh that you guys are building this um and um i'm i'm really looking forward to gen 2 of 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 the apu hardware as well uh yeah and all the best we will stay in touch um thank you very much for this episode yeah thank you very much dimitri it was a pleasure uh, talking with you you know super interesting stuff i can you know talk for hours about this domain you know it's uh, i'm excited uh, to work in this domain and really looking forward to you know hear from the community fantastic thanks so much yanif um thank you bye for now thank you very much bye bye bye